0: Southern Miss
2: to, to the top. You're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. All right, welcome on everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Bob Getty, Kelly Center, Southern Bank Corps Studios in Hattiesburg. Luke Johnson, Southern Bank Course Studio in Laurel. We're glad you're with us uh, around the state, wherever you're tuned in. Opening segment sponsored by Dickie's Barbecue Pit, as it is every day. And it's still a great place. Take your family for a wonderful meal tonight or to cater your next event, whatever you're in the market for. Dickie's has a plan for you, and the food will always be delicious. Later in the show, we're going to hear from uh, Southern Miss quarterbacks Ethan Crawford and Zach Wilkie, but we've got Patrick McGee from NOLA.com on the phone with us today, and a uh, lot to talk about. I may keep Patrick around a little bit. Uh, Patrick, will talk to you, obviously, about the upcoming uh, – news with the New Orleans Saints and upcoming we'll have that conversation but uh, first Southern Miss baseball loses to Ole Miss last night 11 to 5 and it was another struggle when it came to pitching uh, midweek and you made made the perfect comment uh, off the air and you're exactly right if Billy Odom who was penciled in as the weeknight uh, starter were healthy it'd be a completely different scenario right now for the Golden Eagles in midweek right?
3: Yeah, and we saw what he did against UNO obviously has different competition, but he's a guy that, you know, he put him on the mound, he's going to give you a shot. And uh, any injuries to that staff, was, was Southern Miss was just going to feel it uh, more this season compared to a year ago where they could kind of easily plug in and go. Uh, you just lost a lot of guys on that staff to the draft, and, and one guy transfers to Florida. So just in sheer numbers, it's it's tough, you know, at this level to compete against good teams in midweek. If you don't have another, you know, that solid fourth starter, and uh, Oldham can be that guy, Shoney can be that guy, uh, but right now they just don't have that. They're just trying to do a Johnny Holstaff uh, midweek, and that's really tough to do against uh, any of the top, you know, SEC programs like Mississippi State or, or Ole Miss. They're just going really good lineups. They're going to take advantage of, of pitchers who uh, make mistakes, and that's what's happening. It's uh, we'll see if Southern Miss gets a little healthier in the long run. All this will be forgotten. Uh, I, I think they're fine for now. I I like what they're doing on the weekends in terms of pitching, but uh no, it's 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 nowhere near time to panic no. <laughs> about losing some of these midweek games as well as they've pitched on weekends for the most no. part.
2: Luke sent me a text last night, uh, right after the game, Patrick. Four base on balls, three hit pitchers, two wild pitches. Y- yeah. You just you're not gonna beat Ole Miss doing that.
3: No, no, you gotta be you gotta be clean. I mean I I think they you know, uh, uh what they wanted to do is, you know, just put a guy on the mound and can pitch the contact to a degree, and put the ball in play, I and mean, but don't put it over the heart of the plate. <laughs> he did that a couple mm-hmm. of times in the second inning, and we saw what happened there. So uh, it's just young guys that don't have all the experience at this level, or at least not at you know, pitching as SEC teams. Uh, so yeah, I mean, they made mistakes. I mean, there was also a balk that brought in a run, if I'm not mistaken, one or so. Mm-hmm. Uh yeah. It was just an inexperienced staff, a staff that's not used to working at that level of competition.
2: All right, Kelly Sander, you had a college pitcher in your house actually. Takes these kids a little while to make that adjustment to division one, like Patrick said, and then you when well, you're playing the likes of old mess. I mean you you better be playing your best game.
1: But it is a marathon. It is not a sprint. Uh there's a lot of baseball left to be played. These kids will grow as pitchers and but but I, but I want to go to something regarding, you know, Oldham. There was an injury there, all right? Tate, all right. Tate Parker's been in and out of the lineup with injuries. The I-word keeps coming up with this team early on in the season where we hardly ever heard of any of the Eagles other than at the catcher position last year. Um, where the Eagles, by and large, last year, Went the entire season without any major injuries. And you're starting to see these little nagging ones come up. And, and as Patrick was saying, you can't have too many, you know, particularly on the pitching staff, or, or it's going to hurt. But the bottom line is on the weekends, the Eagles have been performing. Those are the ones that are going to count when you get into conference play, for seating, and so on. So I'm, I'm also like Patrick, a lot of baseball to go, no time to press the panic button.
2: All right, and Luke, you're not pressing any panic buttons either, I don't get saying.
0: I'm not, but, but it's it's really frustrating um, to have the bases loaded twice and to leave them that way. And it seems as if we had opportunities early in that game to to, to go up, you know, four or five runs. To, you know, Ole Miss hit the four spot in the fourth. We had an opportunity, you know, we did the four spot in the sixth. But that four spot in the sixth could have been a sixth spot, you know? And we had the opportunity early to do that. It just the, – the stat that came across to me – last night and, and Patrick you I'll throw this back to you on it so far um we're like 3 for 23 on scoring opportunities with the bases loaded yeah and, and, there's like seven strikeouts in that and you know it it was just the fact when they brought Kimbrell in last night to face Wilks i said you know it the, his splits righty or lefty are pretty pretty staggering he is hot against righties and lefties he's just ice cold right.
3: Yeah, and and you talk about the not converting with men on base. I mean, heck, that was issue last year. As good a team as they were, they they weren't very good at you know putting it put together a big innings. So it's something that's kind of followed them to a degree. And they're scratching enough runs across to win, and and that's a good development. There was at times whenever Southern Miss would just go dead silent, it felt like mm-hmm. uh, it, you know at times on offense. But the the good sign is that they're you know putting stuff putting enough across for a good pitching performance to win, and that wasn't always the case last year uh, at certain points. So I think, you know, Sargent will get going. Wilkes has still got to grow a little as a hitter. Same for Pato. Uh, but these guys have just got to get progressively better and be, you know, be hitting their best going into May. And that's whenever this team will decide how good of a season it's going to be. You know, you, you can relate it back to the basketball team. That kind of leveled off to a degree late in the year. And that's kind of came back to bite them there in the conference tournament. So, uh, it's all about how this team progresses as the season goes on and, and if they're hitting their best going into the,
0: the postseason, the the thing that the other aspect to it is you 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 should have beat Mississippi State last week. Yeah, it have been yeah. it have been tough last night. I mean, if if we score more in the first you know third of the ball game, it's a much tighter ball game, even with Ole Miss scoring those runs. But I mean, you don't have that many you know RPI midweek games left. You get you get no. Southeastern Louisiana, um, you do get uh, Ole Miss again. You know, you do get them again, but you you get Tech a few times and you get Tulane. And you look up, and you know that that's the season. And so these midweeks, I guess that that's what it is to me. Last week hurt hurt my hurt my pride because we should have won that one. Um, but you got to take advantage of RPI. I, I think the Sun Belt RPI is going to be high enough where you don't have to. But I mean, you know, you, you start losing midweeks, your your opportunities to host start fading.
3: Yeah, well, I, I, I I'm not so much midweek. I think it just non conference in general and the sweeps of of liberty and dallas baptist i think when they gate uh whatever issues and i think eventually they'll start picking off some of these midweek games not against not necessarily against old miss or whatever but they'll start picking up some of these games and it will you know some belt will be a strong rpi league so I, I don't think they're hurting themselves in terms of hosting they just got you know get a win streak or two going and, and going in the conference play
2: and i contend too that uh... The the midweeks will depend largely on the health of Billy Odom. The sooner yeah. they can get him back and healthy, and this this is a guy that can pitch. And if you if you have a pitcher of that quality throwing for you on Tuesday night, I think you're going to win a lot of games, Patrick. All right, look, two minutes left, and uh, we're going to hold you over because we want to talk about the Saints. But this just broke this morning that Jay Ladner is a finalist uh, for the mm. Hugh Durham Award, which is the top Division One mid major college uh, coach and obviously in college basketball uh even though they didn't win the tournament uh, it was a remarkable year for Southern Miss and uh you know he 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 may very well be really in the running to win that thing Patrick
3: Yeah he's he would be a strong contender when you when you if you're if this is based on a coach you know putting together a turnaround and it's really nobody really compares Uh, as bad as Southern Miss was a year ago, uh, to win a conference title. Yeah, that, you know, that alone, uh, makes Jay Ladner a strong candidate for an award like this top mid major. Uh, we'll see how that plays out. There's a lot of. You know, I, I guess I haven't seen the other candidates, but there's a lot of really high men majors that just have that kind of cachet sometimes that can kind of outweigh something like this. But no doubt Jay Ladner would have a strong resume for an award like that.
1: And it couldn't have come at a better time for Jay Ladner. He's in the last year of his contract, you know, the agent mm-hmm. and Jeremy McLean, you know, talking. If he would happen to win that award, that would be another quiver, another yeah. arrow in the quiver uh, when you're yeah. negotiating a new contract.
2: Well, there can be no question, right, Patrick, he's going to get a new contract.
3: Oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. yeah! In a contract year, he you know he's he's you know he's hit fifty homers, so he's good.
2: Fifty homers—that's pretty good. <laughs> All right, we got our buddy Patrick McGee uh, on the phone with us. When we come back, huge news for the New Orleans Saints. I know Luke was pretty happy when this news broke, and I think the Saints have made a. I think they made a big trade, Kelly Sander, that uh, puts them back in contention now to
1: play now, for the big game. Now, if the Southern Miss Eagles could solidify a position. back spot just like that. <laughs> Golden <laughs> like, Eagles. Yes. Golden Eagles. Yeah. What did I say? Southern Eagles. Miss Eagles. There we go. Oh. All
2: right. Well, anyway, uh, we'll talk about the Saints when we come back. Quick reminder about Jana King. They've been cleaning uh, businesses here in the Pine Belt for 35 years. They can clean your business, too. Jana King, the king of clean. Go to JanaKingCleans.com. That's JanaKingCleans.com. More with uh, Patrick the Professor right after this.
0: tuned in to the Eagle Hour. The Eagle Hour. Southern Miss to the top.
2: All right, no sun fade today. There's one tomorrow. I have no explanation for why there wouldn't be one today. I'm not a scientist. You probably know that, Sandra, but we'll talk about that later.
1: Well, it's only when I sunbathe. Oh, that explains it. I block the sun. That explains it. You didn't do that today. (laughs) That's right. Wow! Hmm. Well, Moving I, right along.
2: Well, what was I thinking? Campus Bookmark, campusbookmark.net dot net sponsors this segment of the Eagle Hour. It is a great place to buy all your Southern Miss apparel. Miss Kathleen is the best. They're located on Hardy Street. You can shop them online at campusbookmark.net. dot net. Remind you too, you hear the Super Talk Eagle Hour podcast on Apple, Audible, Google, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, or you can just tell Alexa to play the Super Talk Eagle Hour. All right, Patrick, we've been I've been looking forward to this interview uh, all week. Big news about what I think is really a new era of Saints football uh, with uh, Derek Carr coming to be the quarterback. I personally believe he's he's the caliber quarterback that could uh, lead the Saints uh, deep into the playoffs and uh, and make another potential Super Bowl run.
3: Well, I mean, I, the way I look at it is, you know, he's far and away the best quarterback in the NFC South currently. I don't see any of the other teams. I think the Falcons might draft. Might go back and draft and trying to get a quarterback. The Panthers might have Stan Darnold, and the Buccaneers might have Kyle Trask. So you definitely de- take Derek Carr with that batch. And all you got to do is win the division, get a home playoff game. So, you know, you win the division, you get that home playoff game, you convert there, then you're one win away, you know, from the NFC Championship game. This this is very all a simplistic view of right. this. You know, anything could go wrong. You know, any, you know, Alvin Kamara's uh, status is in question. Uh, but for, when you, it looks like an investment that's smart for the Saints. I agree. Uh, that, they can, yeah, that they can compete right away.
2: Right, and it looks like to me the Bucks are on the downslide. I think their heyday may be a little past yeah. them. The Saints with him, with as quarterback, I, I gotta believe the prohibitive favorite to win the conference.
3: Well, I'd well, the division. I went the conference.
2: The division, I mean. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, exactly. I mean, that's that's. That's what this was all done for. It's obvious the Saints are set up. They have the defense in place to compete if they can stay a little healthier. And, I mean, as long as they get the running back position somewhat resolved in terms of maybe going to get that through the draft or going out getting a free agent, uh, you know, as a whole, the pieces are there on offense. Now there's some debate on whether Michael Thomas could possibly come back now. Uh, he responded positively to the news of, of Derek Carr uh, getting on board with the Saints, and uh, there's talk that the Saints and, and Thomas may be able to rework his contract to where it makes more sense uh, going forward. So, uh, if he get a health, you know, Michael Thomas is out in the field 13, 14 games. I guess 17 games is too much to ask for. Uh, but you know, it, it, you, you see a lot of pieces there. That a team that's going to be, a, you know, a tough team within the NFC if they can stay healthy and everything falls in place for them. No,
1: but you just hit the nail on the head. The problem with Michael Thomas is he's never healthy. Right. You know, I mean, yeah. the, the two best things about players is their ability and their availability, right? Uh, and yeah. Thomas just just hasn't been available. Did, was the relationship with Dennis Allen what eventually swung this uh, Carr's way to sign with the Saints, Patrick?
3: Yeah, well, I think comfort level had a lot to do with it. The Saints were, I think, from what I understand, the most aggressive team in pursuing uh, Derek Carr. Uh, so I, I think there were a lot of things that just made sense. We talked about it, you know, just the. The NFC has got a much clearer path, uh, whether it's in the division or, or getting deep into the playoffs than what you're seeing in the AFC in the quarterback situation over there. Uh, so I, there were just a lot of things that were going the Saints' way. Uh, going in the AFC East and with the Jets, Just it just would have been a lot tougher and a little bit less certainty. There's been some kind of – even though there was improvement with the Jets last year, you're still just kind of uncertain on what, what's kind of going – how things are gonna go from here on out. But I think he walked into a situation with the Saints that he knew exactly what he was getting into.
0: Luke. So, so Patrick, yeah, I, I guess I missed that whole deal. Uh, I was looking at it while when, when Kelly brought it up. You know that actually Allen was the coach that brought him into the league. But I mean, mm-hmm. you, you get—I don't want to jinx him here. I don't really believe in jinxes, so I'll just go ahead and say it. You, you get durability. You know, he's—he every yeah. game other than sitting out these last two. You know, I mean, he's played basically in—you know—was uh, 142 games. Threw for almost 5,000 yards two years ago. And the most that he's ever thrown interception-wise is 14, which he threw last year and this year. But at the same time, I think the most important stat to me is people say, well, you know, he didn't do much at uh, in in Los Angeles, Las Vegas. But he's never had a defense like this. Is it true that he hasn't had it ever played on a top-20 defense (laughs) during his entire time in the league?
3: Yeah, I mean, it was always a shootout with the Raiders, it felt like. Uh, you know, it was never one of those things to where, hey, we can let the defense handle this one. He never really thought of, you know, heard about that much with the Raiders. And you know, he's a guy that can make all the throws. You know, and not every, you know, the Saints have lacked that the last two years. Yeah, James Winston had great arm, but he struggled with the intermediate tosses. And I think Carr's more consistent there. You saw Carr's completion percentage consistently go up until this last year, where Josh McDaniels just seems to be poisoned as a head coach when it comes to offense. Uh, you know, I, I I don't put a whole lot of stock in what happened last year with the Raiders. The only two reasons he, he sat those last two games is because McDaniels benched him. He, you know, it's time to move on. Let's, you know, look to the. I mean, it. I don't know, but I I think Carr has got a lot left in him at his age. He's a good yeah. athlete. Uh, he's got a lot left to live. There. He's just got to avoid turnovers. Avoid fumbles and just not hold on to the ball too long. As long as he's efficient as a Saints quarterback, he's going to be good.
0: Yeah, and, I mean, you look at the, the touchdowns, 217 touchdowns and 99 interceptions, mm-hmm. almost a 65-percentage completion rate. Let's go to the other side. Let, let's talk the contract side. A lot of people are, you know, about this. Carr, actually, his contract got finalized before Daniel Jones, Mm-hmm. And you look at what Daniel Jones is one hundred and sixty million. Car's getting one hundred fifty million. I mean, mm-hmm. I would in this situation, I'd rather have Car than Jones. And and so it appears to me that the Saints actually probably got him a little under market value.
3: Yeah, uh, the average thirty seven point five uh, for uh, uh, Car, and then forty for Daniel Jones. So yeah, I think in terms of a price point, they, the Saints got him probably right where they needed to get him. And uh, the quarterback money is really going through the roof right now, and Lamar Jackson is about to make a whole lot of money uh, here pretty soon, I would assume. Uh, so yeah, I mean, it's the Saints got got him in early, uh, and, and I see saying, "Oh, Saints fans, oh, we could have tried to get Lamar Jackson. You weren't getting Lamar Jackson because uh, Lamar Jackson is going to have to be paid a lot of money to get pulled away from the Ravens at this point. Um, so he turned yeah, down I mean, what two
0: fifty? He turned down two hundred fifty million. Yeah,
3: yeah, I, I. I <laughs> I, I haven't really followed that closely, but I'm kind of scratching my head on that. I know Lamar is basically acting as his own agent, and rightly he should be asking for a lot of money. But yeah, yeah, but you, he but, wants it all guaranteed, basically.
1: But, but but you know who? There's a new sheriff in town on the offensive side of the ball in Baltimore. Todd Munkin. So he's gonna yeah. he's gonna have a say, I would think, in in what goes down there in, yeah. in Baltimore, one way or the other.
2: All right, Patrick. So does this mean Jamison Winston is gone? And does Andy Dalton remain the backup quarterback, which to me would make sense. He's a, he's a solid backup at this stage of his career, I think.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think if the price is right, they could definitely look at Don. But, yeah, Jameis Winston, he's done. He'll be moving on. He'll probably have a chance to compete for a starting job somewhere else, possibly Indianapolis or somewhere like that. But uh, Winston is going to move on. I suspect we'll hear something on that fairly soon. Uh, but in terms of a backup quarterback for the Saints, it's really hard to say. I mean, I think they would probably consider Dalton if he didn't ask for too much money. But uh, it could really be anybody. I mean, it, but these days, you know, you need that backup. Uh, it's just uncertain who that will be.
0: A, uh, a one Nick Mullins might be available.
3: Yeah, yeah. That wouldn't be a bad option. A little youth and a little upside.
0: Yeah, he's bounced around a lot.
1: Jameis hey? Winston could compete with the Montreal Alouettes. Of- <laughs> <laughs> what, yeah,
2: yeah. That
3: might be what he has to wind up with. I think He's
2: done, Patrick. You think Winston's done as a quarterback? No, no, no.
3: He's he he showed enough promise with the Saints that he still got the strong arm, and you know, you, you sell that first year with Peyton. He cut down the interception. so he'll get another opportunity.
2: Yeah. And Kelly's bewildered that Brady hasn't announced an retirement yet. Aren't you Sanders?
1: Well, you know that that's been going around social media is that that he he may not be done yet. You know that the
2: Patrick, he's got to be done, right? He's got to be done.
3: Yeah, I, I think he's actually done this time.
2: Yeah, I think we've seen enough of
1: Tom Brady. Oh, to, <laughs> <laughs> I saw enough of Tom Brady I ten years we've ago seen enough to last yeah. for a while.
2: So, uh, last question, Patrick? I I would think there's a little hubbub in New Orleans and uh, some excitement about Carr coming in because the quarterback is obviously what they've been searching for since Brees stepped aside.
3: Yeah, I, I'm not seeing unanimity in terms of people saying, "Oh, he's the savior." You know that's that's not the case really at all. I think there's a little bit of you know cautious waiting and see uh, because you know uh, Carr coming off a rough season. Uh, so, yeah, there's there's a lot to be seen here. I mean, it, it, can Pete? You know, it's more about can Pete Carmichael and Carr work together to really kind of build a really top-end NFC offense. I'm on the fence on that. Uh, so it just remains to be seen. But there's a lot of reason to believe that this is going to work better than what we've seen the last two seasons.
2: All right, Patrick, we always appreciate you. Enjoyed the good long visit with you, my man.
3: All right, thanks, guys.
2: All right, Patrick McGee from NOLA.com. To be the quarterbacks, when we come back, uh, we talked to Ethan Crawford uh, this week at football practice along with Zach Wilkie. I think, I think people are going to like this Crawford kid, Kelly. He's now he's recovering from a knee injury, and he's a freshman. My guess is probably will be red-shirted this year. No one's told me that. A big personality, big smile, and uh, and a lot of upside. This could be, this could be the quarterback
1: of the future for the Gold Eagles. And competition makes everybody better. You know, in a postscript yeah. to the Saints situation, now Dennis Allen doesn't have an excuse. He's got a full bona fide certified quarterback now. Let now let's right. see what you can do. Meanwhile, there is smoke on the water. I see it, Kelly. I hear it in the background. We'll be
2: back.
0: To the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour.
2: Always enjoy the conversations with Patrick McGee. Always will be grateful to the contribution he has made to this program since the very first week we were on the air and uh, continues to uh, show up every week and now, great, really a great source of information, Kelly, for Saints. He's right down there in the middle of it and uh, doing a good job covering the Saints.
1: And and he's got he's, you know, he's got his hands on the pulse of a lot of different things and can you know talk well about Southern Miss still even.
2: Yeah, including his social life, has had his hands on the pulse of that since he's moved down there. The best I can tell.
1: A little, little bit more to do in New Orleans. <laughs> you know, Fourth Street Bar and Grill sponsors
2: this segment of the Eagle Hour, and it is a great place to catch the next big game. I guarantee all the baseball games will uh, be on TV this weekend at 4th Street. Uh, Friday's a good day to go every week because that's when they have, I think, as good a catfish as you'll eat anywhere. 4th Street Bar Grill right there in the shadow of the rock. All right, we've been talking about quarterbacks, and uh, Luke Johnson, we we talked to two this week. We want to bring those conversations to our listeners. But one is Ethan Crawford, and he's an interesting kid out of uh, Tuscaloosa, Alabama, injured his knee the last game of his senior year, or they think his team would have likely have won the state championship there. And you said he had a lot of offers coming to Southern Miss.
0: He did. Ethan Crawford out of Hillcrest High School. It's a 6A school in Tuscaloosa, Alabama. Six feet, 200-pound uh, quarterback, dual-threat guy. Had, had a lot of offers. And the reason being is coming out of his junior year, he accounted for 41 touchdowns his junior year. Ran for 885 yards, 17 touchdowns. Through for 2,300 yards and 24 touchdowns. As you mentioned, this year a perfect 10-0 and and then got hurt um, in the last game of the season. He has uh, scored another 27 touchdowns this year. You look at his offers, offers from Georgia Tech, Georgia State, Kentucky, Maryland, Mississippi State, Central Florida, UAB, but committed to Southern Miss last June and, of course, signed this past uh, signing class.
2: And he tells us he's happy to be here. Here is the maybe the quarterback of the future, Ethan Crawford. Okay, Ethan Crawford on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Ethan, uh, you come here from Tuscaloosa. Uh, You're new on the campus, but I understand you're competing for the starting job.
4: Yes, sir, I am. Uh, Just every day uh, that we come out here, we, uh, we all compete and just try to make the right decision in everything we do. All right, I'm told you had a lot of offers coming out of high school and, uh, in Tuscaloosa. What uh, what led you to become a Golden Eagle? Just uh, the talk that I had uh, with Coach Coach Hall and a relationship that we made when I uh, first talked to him and came down to camp. Uh, and then the relationship he had with my high school coach was really a big factor for me. And uh, the things that he told me we could do that I could do here was a big factor of me coming here too. So you've seen that Coach Hall is a real low-energy, low-key guy? Yeah, he's an awesome guy. He just – he's never – you never see him in a bad spot. He's always got a great attitude. He always makes you want to be the best at whatever you're doing, and uh, he's a great encourager. I saw you had some bad luck. You were injured.
2: Am I right? Your last game in high school. Talk a little bit about that and how your rehab went. Obviously, uh, you're back ready to go.
4: Um, Yeah, I got injured the last regular season game of my high school career, which ended my high school career uh, in a big playoff run we had hopes for. um, but. On with the next journey. Uh, The next week I endured surgery and uh, I've been on a rehab ever since then. Um, And it's been going good. I'm on a good track right now. I say about two to three more months left in my uh, recovery and uh, I'm looking forward to get back 100%. Okay, tell us about uh, your experience so far here in Hattiesburg, the culture of Southern Miss football. Oh, I'm loving it. Uh, seems like ever since I've got down here, everybody's been winning uh, basketball, baseball, and uh, it's just Maybe it's uh, you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, it's just a good a good feeling around the city. Is everybody is welcome me with open arms that, that have known me uh, around the town. uh, I couldn't ask for better. I just feel I'm very happy in the decision I made with coming here. So coming from high school here, you're in your second week
2: of spring ball. What do you see different in the level of talent, speed?
4: I mean, what do you see as the biggest differences? Everybody's great, uh, you know. uh, Everybody's competing at the highest level. Like Everybody wants the same goal. We all want to win here, so... uh, Everybody's gonna bring their best every day. So if you slack, somebody else is gonna be on your, be right behind you, pushing you to be better every day. So uh, just the competition, I would say, like, and the speed of the game is definitely faster than it was in high school. And uh, the work ethic here is different. Like everybody want to be great. All right. Scale of one to ten, how happy are you to be a Golden Eagle? A twelve. A twelve. Yes, sir.
2: Best of luck to you, young Thanks. man. Appreciate it. All right, that's Ethan Crawford. Zach Wilkie is uh, one of four quarterbacks, uh, we believe, in contention for the starting job. He, of course, is the quarterback with a little bit of a leg up because he played in several games last year, and he says that is to his advantage. Okay, Zach Wilkie on the Super Talk Eagle Hour. Zach, quarterback competition underway, but you're the guy that was on the field last year, so uh, that's got to be a leg up for you.
5: Yeah, no. These guys came in; they're pretty good guys. Uh, we're just competing, trying to get better every day. Um, so we'll see who's the guy at the end of fall camp. So.
2: All right. So you got thrown into the fire last year. W- what did you What did you learn from that experience? What did you
5: take away from your time on the field? Yeah, I just gained a lot of uh, live reps, live experience. Uh, college is obviously a lot bigger, a lot faster. Um, about the Sun Belt's a really good football conference, and we played a lot of good teams. So I got a lot of good experience, and I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I do it all over again so
2: what did you find was the biggest difference
5: in high school and division one college quarterbacking uh, probably just the amount of information you have to have pre-snap and post-snap um, seeing who the run fitter is and things like that so it's just the the pace of the game and just the reads so yeah it's as much mental as physical is that fair to say uh, that's 100% true. Maybe even more. Yeah.
2: Okay, so a good year last year, a uh, good season, bowl win, a lot of momentum and uh, enthusiasm, I'm going to assume, coming into spring ball.
5: Yeah, no, these guys were fired up after we won the bowl game. Uh, Trey Lowe came in for me at the end of the season. He's a really good dude. Uh, he did a good job at the end of the season, so it was it was encouraging. So,
2: so what do you see here in spring practice?
5: Uh, I feel like the health of the team just it's grown. Um, I feel like we're a lot better football team than we were at this time last year. We got a lot more playmakers. Um, not, I mean, we had playmakers last year, but I don't know. It's just all around health of the, t- like, wellness of the team is just a lot better. So, all right. Good luck to you. Yep.
2: All right, Lou Johnson. Uh, four guys competing really for the starting job. The freshman, you kind of, again, think that maybe he would be redshirted. How big a leg up is that uh, for Wilkie that he actually got on the field last year
0: well he knows the offense this is year two in the offense Wiles and Edwards still learning it I'm with you I I don't I don't see how you get two two uh you know transfers in along with with Wilkie and, and expect it's just really hard to play freshman quarter you know quarterback d once Crawford of course with the injury as well he's you know, he's limited and uh so I think it's really between those three but yeah Wilkie Wilkie has rapport with receivers, uh, not just in practice, but in games. Um, and, and that does, you know, I, I don't know necessarily if that gives him a leg up in the sense that Wiles and Edwards are behind him, but they have to play catch-up with a guy who's already been in the system. Would you think we'll know
2: who the quarterback is going to be when spring when the spring football game is held, or do you think that mystery will carry on into the fall?
0: I, I mean – it, it just will depend on the performance of these guys, you know. Will will separate. Last year, you know, what what did we hear coming out of spring? We heard that Ty has had separated himself, and so in in one way, you want that to happen because then you know that you've got a guy. So here's the thing: if one guy separates himself, that's good. If nobody separates while everybody is playing at a high, you know, level, that's okay as well because the guy that finally emerges from a real competitive quality. It's not just like everybody's the same, nobody's been having good practices. But if you have you know, three guys that have, have, have been – or even two guys that have had a lot of reps, high quality, they're practicing very well, that's not a bad thing at all because that will just make both of those guys better come quarterback battle in the fall. I think that makes a
1: lot of sense. Uh, but then the question becomes, you know, will somebody separate – themselves you know this spring is it enough time i mean you you don't really get a whole lot of time you know in spring drills so how much weight is a spring drill going to be carried into the fall but one thing is for certain and we've talked about this before and and um and zach you know just said that we got some playmakers on this team but if you don't have a quarterback to be able to help make those plays Uh, There's only so much you can expect. I mean, nobody more than Will Hall is hoping that somebody emerges and, I mean, really separates themselves. He is a
2: quarterback, so you know it's driving him crazy.
1: And then not only that they separate themselves, but that they continue to perform at that level so that there's absolutely no doubt who your guy is going into game one.
2: Well, I'll tell you this. You can't tell any difference in fall practice and spring football when you're out there. It's high intensity, and Will Hall has everybody
1: moving well, at our age, Bob, you know, walking is intense. Yeah, I get
2: tired just watching this guy. <laughs> yeah, and I'm, no. s- I'm sitting in the uh, I'm sitting on the tractor over there, generally with uh, Jack watching, and I feel a little winded, you know, when practice is over.
1: Yeah, it, it, it is pretty intense, but like they're competing, you know. There's, and again, there's nothing wrong with competition; it makes everybody better, and that's something in this country we're losing sight of.
0: Be- because there's two types of competition, as we hit this break. There's there's a competition where it's a competition because everybody's terrible. <laughs> and so there's <laughs> nobody that emerges. Or there's competition where, you know, there's there's two or three guys that can play because everybody's, you know, quality. And and that's that's what you want. And so that, in, in a sense, if there's competition coming out of the Springs, we've been talking about this, everybody t- seems to stick around too. That helps.
2: Fun being at practice. Will Hall just welcomes us there, and we just really can't thank Coach enough for his openness. We'll be right back. Last segment of the Eagle Hour next.
0: their miss to the top final segment on this Wednesday brought to you as always by DBAT and D1 training on Hardy Street in Hattiesburg it's gonna be raining a little bit spring breaks next week it's supposed to rain a little bit then too and man your kids out of school need something for them to do during the day or maybe uh, because of the rain you can't get in some hitting lessons or uh, some work D Bat D1 has everything you need so just remember that spring break next week Great opportunity uh, to to get the kids in, in great facilities. Great instruction, DBAT, Hattiesburg.com. Luke, Bob, and Kelly from the Southern Court Studios in Hattiesburg. And, Laurel, if you missed uh, the talk with Patrick McGee, we we'll recap the old Miss-Southern Miss game and also talk to, about Derek Carr signing with the Saints. Um, you can hit us up on uh, podcast form, Eagle Hour in podcast form, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, TuneIn, and Audible. Softball split with Jackson State um, yesterday up in Jackson. Lady Eagles fifteen and four on the year. Lost the first game six to five. Rebounded with the nightcap one nine to three. They will uh, they don't play for for another week. Uh, they get the weekend off. Will take on Southeastern on uh, next Wednesday in Hattiesburg. Ladies golf closes out the Trinity Invitational. Trinity Forest Invitational in Dallas uh, finished fourteenth. Lucy Nunn-Burke uh, just talked about how a big a field it was, um, but but there uh, and and it was a great opportunity for them to be around some real quality golf. She said this event was a huge opportunity for us to measure up on a big course in a big field. We struggled overall to handle the pressure, but this is uh, where we want to be. So, ladies, we'll head out to Tucson, Arizona, for the Mountain View Collegiate next week. Men finish fourth in the. Duffner Tiger Invitational in Opelika, Alabama. Cameron Clark finished 3rd place overall. So the Golden Eagles finished 4th behind uh, as a team behind Auburn. Auburn currently ranked 7th in um in the nation. So great performance for uh, Cameron Clark and the men and uh, they will get ready to go out to Houston March 20th and 21st for the All-American Collegiate at the Golf Club of Houston. All right, we mentioned a little earlier, guys. Jay Ladner, um, now a finalist for the Hugh Durham Award. Ladner, along with uh, around 20 finalists, and, of course, that is the National Coach of the Year Award, presented annually to the top D1 mid-major coach in college basketball. Um, Kennesaw State. Uh Howard's coach Northwestern State. We are we played Coach Gibson earlier um in the year. Bob Marlin from Louisiana on that list as well. I, I I do think you gotta you gotta put Ladner up there. Um, I, I get Louisiana winning winning and going going dancing, and there's a few more turnarounds. But guys, this is the second largest turnaround in NCAA
1: history, and that's exactly why he is there, and and he deserves a, at least to be a nominee. Now, Northwestern State, you talk about they're they're in the Southland final against uh, Texas A and M Corpus Christi. They've got an NCAA bid uh potentially to win although the islanders are are the favorite in that game and the timing we talked about you know couldn't be better as far as in in the business aspect of basketball because coach ladner in the last year of his contract you know he's got the agent that's working working on potentially a new deal with jeremy mclean and you know luke i don't i don't see where jay ladner has ever really been a money guy i think if if your choices are money or longevity i, I see Jay Ladner is more of a longevity guy rather than a money guy. If he was a money guy, you know, with all due respect to, to our beloved university, Southern Miss would not be, you know, the, the ending place. He'd, he'd want to get to, you know, one of those mega million dollar, you know, coaching jobs. But he's always said this is the dream job to have. So you have to wonder if in the negotiation process going forward, if Coach Ladner wouldn't opt, if, if those are the choices, longevity or money, that he might go with longevity. Your thoughts.
0: Yeah, I, I think you're exactly right. I mean, it, and there is something to say. You know, we are blessed to live in an area of the country where cost of living is far less right. than than many other places. So the dollar stretches out, and so you know what what a mid major job in South in in, in Mississippi might get. It, it might be if you, you know, hacked inflation and cost of living onto it it, it, it would be well over maybe double what it is in other parts of the country. So to your point, I think longevity is the key.
1: And I think we'll find out more. You know, the NIT slate will be unveiled on uh, on Sunday night. So now, Bob, you know, I would think that the Golden Eagles have done everything in their body of work, not only on the court but in the bleachers this year with the fans. that I, I think the so. Golden Eagles deserve a home game. Well, I agree. I hope you're right. We're, are we going to have
2: a coach on tomorrow? I'm working on with Jack McDonald right now. Okay, we're working to get one of the basketball coaches on the show tomorrow. Heath Hinton from Big Gold Nation uh, should be joining us as well. I don't know, Luke Johnson. Uh, it seems like, the, seems like the guys did more than enough to earn an opening round NIT game, but politics and money always always
0: rules the day. You just need to uh, – let me clear my throat <coughs> – hope, not cheer, hope that uh, – the, the guys from Starkville win a couple games in the SEC tournament. Maybe just
2: uh, one. I'm, I'm going to have to digest that. <laughs>
1: <laughs> You'll only go so far, Bob.
2: i tell you
0: what, though. We we identify as common people a little more with that well, that's true. school than the one we played last night. That's, but they're both from Mississippi. That's correct. That's anyway. one of the new phrases we identify as.
1: Yeah, that's exactly <laughs> right. That's don't, right. Don't twist my words. <laughs> no, man. no, I'm just, I'm just saying.
2: Just saying. I'm not going to tell you what I identify as. (laughs) I'll just tell you, we're going to be back tomorrow at 1 o'clock. We hope you'll join us. And until then, Southern Miss. To to the the top. top. Time keeps on slipping, slipping,
0: slipping into the future. Time keeps on slipping, slipping,
4: slipping into the future. Fly like an eagle to
0: the sea. Fly like an eagle, let my spirit carry me. I want to fly like an eagle till I'm free. i go through the, the a mission. A Mississippi yeah. Media Production.